0: Wednesday, everybody. Dan Bickley, along with Tim Ring, who is filling in for Vinny, and our next guest. He needs no introduction. He's the Fox NFL analyst. He's the host at 104.3 The Fan in Denver. And if I remember correctly, the first Alaskan to win the Super Bowl, Mark Schlereth. What's happening, Mark? How are you guys, man?
1: Always a pleasure to be on with you.
0: Yeah, also, former soap opera star, of I That's right. Correctly. He's done a lot of yeah. stuff, man. He's done a lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tim, you are correct. I appreciate your uh, yeah, I appreciate your incredible memory.
0: <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I know you, uh, you had the Vikings and Commanders uh, last weekend. For the Cardinals, it was more of the same. It was more underachieving offense, and now the season seems to be spiraling out of control. Who would have thought that at this point in time, the Seahawks would be in first place with two victories
1: over the Cardinals? Did not see that coming, Mark. Uh, and not, and nobody, and not even the Seahawks, saw that. Coming. Like for the Seahawks, for the Seahawks to pretend that they knew that Geno Smith was going to be this. Like, if you knew Geno Smith was going to be this, you wouldn't have had an open competition with Drew Locke. right? That, I mean, that's like, think about it. It's incredible. Now, I'll give Pete Carroll a ton of credit, and okay, I'll, I'll give John Schneider a ton of credit, right? Because you've got three rookies starting on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a corner. You got a nickel guy you got an outside linebacker. And then you got two starting offensive tackles that are rookies. And you've got a starting running back that's a rookie. So I'll give them a ton of credit for understanding kind of where they wanted to go, what they wanted to be, who they want to be, and, and adhering to that identity. Pete Carroll, I think, is, is just a tremendous football coach in that I don't have to be the play caller and I don't have to be this, that, and the other, even though I have a great defensive background. I don't have to be the coordinator slash head coach. I have to be, you know, the grand poobah of all things football, and I'm going to do the things that I think are necessary for us to win. And I'm going to manage our football team. And I tell you what, if you ever go into their facility, I mean, everything is a competition in their facility. I like eating lunch is a competition. <laughs> Who eats lunch the best, right? So uh, he creates that culture and um, and believes in that and sells that to his players, and and they buy into it and. They've had a tremendous, this has just been a tremendous run from a team that, hey, Vegas had them winning five games at the start of the season. They've already surpassed the Vegas number at six. So um, incredible what they've been able to accomplish thus far. And, Mark, you talk about culture. Conversely, here in Arizona, Mm. uh, the Cardinals in chaos. And, Mark, you talk about a memory. I'll never forget you were on this show, or at least this station, when Cliff Kingsbury got the job and i'm pretty sure your exact quote was what has he ever done this guy had this guy had the best quarterback in our league as his starting quarterback in college and he had a losing record and that's what you said when cliff got the job here we are 4 years from now or 4 years from then and it doesn't look good at all. And the knives are out here in Arizona for a coaching change to happen. I, are, are, I, I guess, in a, in a weird way, the question is like: Are, are you kind of shocked? Are you you're probably not shocked? This is where we're at right now with this regime. Yeah, I, I'm not shocked. I like Cliff. I, you know, I think he's got a. Uh, you know, I think he's a smart football guy. I think he's uh, you know incredibly hard worker. And and I've enjoyed my opportunities to meet with him. I just will never be a believer in what that collegiate offense that they bring. And I think there are so many things I can get into. I mean, this could be an hour-long dissertation about all the things I don't (laughs) like um, about that offense. But, you know, the bottom line is this. You you have three offensive linemen that are out to start a game in Minnesota against a really good defensive front, and uh, you throw it 44 times. And, you know, that's an oversimplification. I'll go as far as, just like never being under center. Yep. Like, one, when you're never under center when you're shotgun, you eliminate 40% of the plays, The 40% of the running plays, or maybe more than 40% of the running plays that you can run, and you give a tell to the defense of, hey, man, if the guys on my right-hand side were running to the left, the guys on my left-hand side were running to the right. Like, so there's already – you, you're already giving them an advantage. They already know what you're doing. But here's my biggest issue with being in shotgun 100% of the time, and I hate it. I Like, I – like I, I told you guys this last week, I, I mean, if I played in that offense, we'd have to fight. Like, there would there would be there would legitimately be a fight because yes. I just don't think you can win that way. So snap count—the one advantage we have as an offense is snap count, right? And you you play in shotgun the entirety of a game, you've taken that advantage away. You have no more snap count advantage. You know, the quarterback's back there. He's stomping his foot. He's clapping his hands. The left guard is looking between his legs, and he's tapping the center on the butt, and then the butt, the center nods his head four times before he snap- Like, come on, dude. Like, I, I just like to walk up the line of scrimmage and go on first down. You know, and just take off and try to shorten somebody's neck and, and physically be the aggressor. Like, I always, when I consult with teams – about just playing that position because it's, it's and I've told you this, it's the most skilled position in football um, because you're the worst athlete and you're expected to block a better athlete 100% of the times, and if you don't, you suck and that guy goes to the Pro Bowl. So it's it's the <laughs> toughest position in football, and you've got to mitigate potential disasters. And at some point, you have to be able, for your guys up front, you have to be able to take the passive out of pass protection. And that offense makes you play passively up front the entirety of the football game. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. I don't believe it works. No. I, I don't believe it because it's not college football. There are no hash marks. There are no like, Everybody's got really good talent across the board in the league, and I just don't think you'll ever consistently, you'll ever be able to, to win. And you'll, Here's the frustrating part for me. You'll be in every single game because you have that much talent. And you'll win uh oh, you'll you'll lose a bunch of close games and you'll win some that you're not supposed to win because you'll make enough plays off schedule and because you've got so much ta- talent with D Hop and Moore and you know, all the different players that you have that you'll make enough plays to make you feel like we're in every game. But you really aren't. Yeah, and, and that's my that's just my overall.
0: No, you're right on the money, and it's an interesting dynamic here because it generally when you when you've got a, a head coach who who players think is a jerk or might be real authoritarian, and, and that coach flames out and isn't giving players the key to victory or a pathway to victory, um, the rebellion can be different. With Cliff, I'm sure everybody in that room likes Cliff because you know the practice schedule is easy, every veteran gets Wednesdays off, all that stuff. I, how how does that end for a team that that loves the loose touch of a of a head coach but isn't getting the alpha out of the head coach that you kind of need in this league unless i'm wrong
1: yeah no i don't think you're i don't think you're wrong i think that's part that's part of you know that's part of the delicate balance like you've got to be authentic you know and you've got to be able you've got to be able to be real with your guys um at the same time um you know there have got to be consequences. There's got to be consequences for bad play, and there's got to be consequences when you don't do what you're supposed to or you're required to do. Um, and those consequences have to be real. And the only real consequence for a player is to take recess away. Right. I mean, you don't show up, you don't get a play. But that's it. You know if you know you can't you, the, the, the I mean it can't be, hey, you can do whatever you want as long as you show up and play on Sunday. That that can't be the reality of your football team. So, you know, I I think it's a really I think it's a really hard thing to do, especially when you connect and you have that relationship. You know, I think the great coaches distance themselves to a degree from players. Um like I am so much better friends with Mike Shanahan now <laughs> than when I played. Like right. we're like, we're really tight. But as a player Like, I had his ear, and I could go to his office whenever I needed anything, but we weren't, you know, we weren't going out to dinner together. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. And Mike's whole thing was, I need to coach my coaches, and my coaches have to have the authority to coach you as a player. And, you know, and and I think there needs to be a little bit of that separation. Like, you can have a friendly relationship, and you can joke around and stuff, but, like, there was no question. When, When Mike Shanahan was pissed, you knew it. And you were going to be punished for like if you didn't play well, you're going to get punished. And I'm just a believer like and and you know nowadays I'm sure you you know, got a one eight hundred number you call into somebody <laughs> talks to you the wrong way you know and, and hurts your feelings and that, and you got your panties in a wad and you know and it's it, we got to be gentle and we got to it's not how that's not how it was and it's not how it's supposed to be no. and if you can't handle it. Then uh like that's you know that's too bad in my in my world. But uh you know, that's probably why I'm not coaching right now. I'd probably get fired for no, being no, no, well, hang <laughs> on. Be honest. Hang on, Jeff Saturday's coaching. <laughs> yeah, if if yeah. hack it doesn't last, Mark, yeah you're obviously yeah. in line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am, I am not I am not lobbying. I am not lobbying. But I hope I hope Saturday does a great job. And you know, there's part of that too with, with Saturday to me where I Understand, you know, he's a connection to the glory years in Indianapolis when they had Jeff and they had Peyton Manning and they were running, you know, winning twelve games a year and all those things. And there's that aspect of of like that Pete Carroll aspect that we brought up at the beginning of this interview is, uh you know, hey, let your coaches coach and you be in charge of bringing the culture and creating, you know, creating that culture. And I tell you, Jeff is a super smart football guy, there's no question about that. And he is a culture guy, man. He knows he knows the value of the running game. He knows uh you know, the value of dominating the line of scrimmage. And and listen, as much as things change in this game, that will never change. If you cannot dominate the line of scrimmage, you can't win consistently in this league. Sorry. Amen. And on both sides of it. Amen. Um and one thing I love about football, it is still it, it is still you know, it's still that. It's still that physical, the team. And I know we make it all about quarterbacks and wide receivers, which is absolutely insane to me that we do that. But I don't care how good your quarterback is. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, you got, you got five practice squad players playing in front of them. How good are they right now? Not good. You know, And then I hear this, this stupidity of, well, maybe Sean McVay, they've caught up to Sean McVay. Really? They've caught up to Sean McVay, or they just have people that can't block. Right. Like, like yes. how stupid are we? No like, like, well, Sean McVay's offense isn't what it once was. You know, they've caught up to it. And they know how to defend it now. No, they don't. It's it's the same offense it's been since I played in the league. Um, you know, and the bottom mm-hmm. line is you got to have really good players. you got to have a coach that's committed to it, and you got to have guys up front that can actually block. Thank you, Mark. You're the best. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, man. Sounds good.